I mean, at 26 years old, I was chosen to be the commander of the maintenance company for all aircraft maintenance for our entire battalion. We're talking about 700 plus people, and I'm the commander of that area. At 26, that's young already, and I was only a lieutenant, and they promoted me to captain in order to get it. Hmm. So, and I don't say that with confidence at this point. I say that with, that should have gave me confidence. That, that like, that's, a, you said effective. That's an indicator that you're effective. And right. I would not say that I wasn't. I, I definitely was. But I wasn't secure in my identity. You know, and I felt like that's a bigger, that's more important to God than just you being effective. It's you knowing who you are. And out of who you are, then you'll operate and you'll do, right? This is where kingdom operatives come in. We operate out of who we are and, and unapologetically about it because that's what he created you to do. Welcome to the Empowered Manhood Podcast, where men rediscover courageous masculinity. Pull up a chair as we gain strength from the stories of God working in the lives of ordinary men today. These men have discovered that in a world of superficiality and isolation, we need authentic brotherhood to gain strength for the battles we face every day. Brought to you by the ministry of CLC, which challenges men to an uncommon pursuit of Christ. Welcome to Empowered Manhood. Throughout the scriptures, you will find God described as a protector in a whole lot of different ways. For example, in Psalm 18, uh, starting verse 1, it says, I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. So you see those words, the rock, the fortress, deliverer, refuge, stronghold, shield. These are ways that God is described in scripture as our protector. Hey guys, welcome to the Empowered Manhood Podcast. I am your host, Mike Hatch, and I am with CLC. And of course, I will be joined today as usual with my co-host, who is an author and speaker, Chris Bollinger. Men, we're also called to be protectors. In fact, uh, even more so than women, we reflect that attribute or character of God as a protector. And many of you who've served in the military or who are first responders, work in public safety, you are even more uniquely called in a professional sense to being that protector. Today, we sit down with Adam Jones, who is a tactician and former Army Blackhawk pilot and company commander who has dedicated himself to helping you discover the power in your presence and lead your family with contagious confidence. Guys, this is an episode that you're going to definitely want to have a pen and paper, uh, maybe your notes pulled up on your iPhone. You're going to want to stop uh, this podcast at times, maybe pause it, take a note, write things down, pause, reflect. Adam has a way with words. God has gifted him in how to uh, describe the experience for both uh, folks who've been in military and, and first responders and what it feels like to, to come out of that and then not have that mission and having to kind of rediscover yourself and understand who you are again apart from that mission. But also he helps us to understand just in general as men how to better understand our own role as protectors of our families, our wives, our kids. So let's jump in. Here is our interview with Adam Jones. 
Adam Jones, welcome to the Empowered Manhood Podcast. Thank you so much, Mike and Chris. Looking forward to being here. Yeah, man. We're excited to have you for sure. Um, and, uh, and so, of course, as we start out, we have every guest share their fence post story. Um, and for those who, who aren't aware of a, what a fence post story is, if you think about a fence along a property, um, every vertical post, so the hor- you got the horizontal pieces, but you got the vertical posts that really hold up the whole structure, and they represent the really significant moments in your life. And uh, or people, significant people in your life. And so, Adam, we want to start out, of course, by hearing your fence post story, which, as we were talking before we hit record, is going to bleed into what you do and uh, and the mission that God has called you to, which I'm really excited for guys to hear. I think, um, man, I, I just think this is going to be an amazing episode. So, uh, so, Adam, let's start there. What Give us a little bit of, uh, of an idea of your, your fence post story. Give us some of your uh, your fence posts. Yeah, I love this concept. Um, for me, the first fence post really comes down to the fact that I had my childhood dream. Everything I ever wanted. I wanted to be a Blackhawk pilot. I wanted to be uh, an officer in the military. The only reason I went to college was to become an officer. It's just, it's how I was like bred. I just, I remember watching the movie Black Hawk Down and being like, oh, I want to do that. And my mom's like, you want to get shot down in a Blackhawk? I was like, no, I want to go fly them. You know, like <laughs> I, I want that so bad. So my whole life, I've always been so intentional. I put myself in a position to get my childhood dream, right? Always a believer, always had a relationship with Jesus. Uh, that's just my story. It's, it's how I was raised and it, it worked for me. And I kept building a relationship with him over time. But at 12, I started flying. At 16, I flew by myself. Then I went off to college and went to Penn State ROTC and became an uh, officer in the military, but I didn't get aviation. I didn't get Blackhawks. And it really mm. blew my mind because I did everything I could to get to that point. You know, yeah. um, in fact, I even switched my branch of service from full-time active duty army, right? What we call regular army to national guard and reserve status, which I still did a lot of active time while doing that. But I did that because I had the best chance of getting my childhood dream. Everything went back to, am I actually going to one day be in the cockpit in a military aircraft? Well, long story short, it finally worked, but I had a lot of no's along the way. I had to really fight, Hmm. beat down some doors, you know, um, like, please. I was a first lieutenant in the military. You know that this does not happen normal. This is not the normal story. It's either you either became it or you didn't. It's too late now. Hmm. You're an officer. Yeah. But when I became a first lieutenant, I had the opportunity um, to just continue to show like, hey, I'm here, I'm serving, I want to help, I want to, you know, build good leaders, but also I want to be in the air. And I was a military police officer and you and I, you know, share that that experience um, with MP and Air Force Security Forces. And they're like, if you wanted to fly, then why aren't you? And I had to tell that story. And eventually I gave, I was given the opportunity to go to flight school. Hmm. Fast forward. The weirdest thing about my life is that I got my childhood dream. I loved mm. all of it. Mm. I became a company commander in charge of 54 soldiers, you know, three platoons, mm. uh, multiple officers, pilots, the whole thing. I'm, I'm really fast forwarding now, right? So this is about yeah. seven years into the military, eight years in, nine years in, I have my firstborn uh, daughter. And I was like, I am not present. Mm. Um, I, I am just, uh, yes, I got everything I wanted, but I'm not the man mm. I want it to be. I'm stressed. I'm, you know, constantly seeing through my wife. 
not mm. like she was there, but I would see through her. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, wow. Something was wrong. And I, I had no idea what it was, but I knew God and I felt like God put on my heart at that moment. It was time to get out. Mm. I'm like, my, this is all I wanted. Why am I supposed to get out? But what's so interesting, I feel like when God does this to you, your heart changes also. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I wasn't like, okay, God, if you said so, fine, I'll listen to you. Instead, it was, yeah, I do want that. And I have no mm. idea why, you know, and I had to back that up so many times to be able to, and this is my encouragement to anyone listening. Mm. So many times people are like, Hey, you're a company commander. You, you got a great path ahead of you. Like I was, I had a good rating as a company commander too. You know, like I was uh, seen as a good one, I guess you could say. And, you know, that's, that's great to know, but at the end of the day, I wasn't supposed to be doing it anymore. Mm. And I had to constantly tell people, no, no, no. Every yes you give to God, I feel like requires so many no's to man. Mm. You got to keep backing it up, right? So for me, I kept backing it up. Eventually, I got out of the military. Mm. I had no idea why. And as you and I have talked, man, I totally lost myself. I lost my identity. Mm. I moved into anger and aggression. Um, I was so on edge. Mm. And my story is I never deployed. So for any protectors out there, prior service men listening, look, yeah. I'm talking to you because the story doesn't end with your time getting out of the military. And for me, I had to start to learn that. So that would be the first fence post. It was really significant. It was when I said yes to God, not knowing why. And now it all makes sense. Yeah. So real quick, I, I just want to not uh, not take too much time, but I, I want to just, just point this out. This is just interesting to me. So you... You felt the disconnect with your wife. You felt that that you were not being maybe faithful, actually might be the right word, um, to your family and your wife. You knew something had to change. Even though you had achieved you know, your dream and you were where you wanted to be, you took a step back from that um, in order to be more present with, with your family. But what you didn't anticipate was the, the, the void that that left in your heart, in your life. Um, and, uh, yeah, which, which led to, um, it sounds like struggle and maybe depression. I, I don't know, but anger. Right. Um, so I, I just wanted to, to point that out because I think there are a lot of guys that, that would relate to that. Yeah. I'm glad you did that. Um, what brought to mind for me is the book that I'm currently working on that'll come out eventually and you know yeah. within the end of the year. It's called Weapons of Mass Deception. Hmm. And I yeah. had a major weapon of mass deception that was targeting me the whole time I was in the military. Hmm. And when I got out, I was exposed because I was so reliant on the structure of the service. Hmm. See, one thing I want to debunk is it's not about that you saw a bunch of combat and you can't relate to people anymore. Yeah. You might just be someone who you love the structure, not you didn't yeah. even know it. Maybe you wanted yeah. freedom, right? Oh, I want freedom. I want to experience, you know, uh, any anything I ever wanted without the military telling me what to do. And then you get out and you start to realize there's there's some things that you become really dependent on, some yeah. deceptions that are causing you destruction and your whole family. That's why mm-hmm. I call them a weapon of mass deception because for me, mine, my key one, I call the altar of impact. Hmm. And it gets me so fired up when I talk about it, because this is the story for most men, I believe, whether you're a protector or not, whether you have that prior service background or not. The altar of impact says that we sacrifice our family. We sacrifice God's assignments for us, which, by the way, is your family. That's one of your assignments. 
mm-hmm. on the altar of impacting other people. Yeah. And that deception needs to be detected, dismantled, and we need to deploy a new strategy on top of that. And that's what God started to teach me. Now, I didn't have the language for it. I just knew my family's getting my leftovers. Hmm. I knew, and my wife knew, and she made it very clear to me, you, like, you, you come alive for everyone else but me, you know? <laughs> you come alive for everyone except for me and, and your daughter. And I'm like, yeah. I don't, I don't know how to process this. Like, I just want to help people. I just want to serve. I just want to make a difference in this world. I don't want to waste what God has put inside of me. And then when I realized this, yeah. wow, my family is my greatest opportunity for impact ever. Amen. That's great. Okay. So then, yeah. So you got out uh, and you're struggling and uh, we're, where does the story pick up there? Well, you met me. You met me right around then. Oh, is that? Okay. This is good. You probably didn't know I was struggling because I knew how to put on the mask of masculinity. Hmm. I, I knew how to fake it. I mean, I'm a trained protector. I'm a trained soldier. I know how to look strong yeah. regardless of how I feel. But yeah. eventually God exposed it so big. I mean, I had so many hmm. strong conversations with my wife about things she was seeing in me. Um, dreams God gave me. That's a huge fence yeah. post. God gave me some dreams that were actually possible. They were, they were possible. They, they could have became real if I didn't really address them. Hmm. And uh, man, I make myself sound like so jacked up, but you know, that's, that's how no, that, you feel, right? Let like, me, let me affirm you too. You, you were very different from when we first met. And I told you, I told you that when we met the second time here and uh, it, 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 there's a marked difference for sure. The big thing that happened next was uh, I, I found a spiritual father figure in my life. I found someone in my life who could start to show me the love of the father, right? And actually align me to my purpose, but also make me aware to my current, my, my purpose every single day as a husband and a father. And I get really passionate about this too, because I feel like we can't reflect the image of a good, loving, heavenly father if we haven't first received it. So the second fence post, big time for me, is when I started to see God as father, when God was no longer just a guy, you know, you know, forgive me if I'm paraphrasing too much or whatever, simplifying, but like, yeah. it wasn't just some guy in a throne up in heaven that I would never get to interact with and that I would only talk to when I need something. But when he became my father, I got all the approval I ever needed for the rest of my life. And I never had to search from it from another man. I, I, to this day, I don't need another man to approve me. Now, do we need approval from people sometimes to get access to help and to serve? Sure, absolutely. I'm not saying be ignorant, have wisdom. But for me, when when I had a spiritual father who showed me the true love of the father, right? And what that means is just total acceptance and appreciation for who you are. No performance whatsoever. I remember I would show up uh, to different like ministry events and he's I was like, hey, what's the dress code? (laughs) He's like, there's no, there's no dress code. And I said, well, I know, I know, but what should I, what should I wear? He's like, whatever you want to wear, whatever you're confident in. And he said, Adam, there's no need for performance here. You, there's nothing you could ever do to let me down or let anyone else down in our ministry or anything. Wow. And to me that I, I started bawling, man, because I needed to hear these words, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So anyways, very key fence post, fence post. And I just challenge a lot of men to really step into not being so stern and stubborn to not accept God as a father. And when he becomes a yeah. father, it's, I think it's game over because now you're no longer work, walking around as an orphan child who oh, sure yeah, believes yeah. and is That's saved. Right. right. But now you're walking around as a son of, of the King. Hmm. 
And that changes everything. Beautiful. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. So you gained a mentor. That's huge. We've talked about that before on this podcast many times, the significance of having someone else pour into you or to be that person who's pouring into someone else. So actually, so those guys who are listening right now, who are, might be older or later stage in life. And we've, we've talked to you before about the need for you in, in younger guys' lives. And you just heard it. You just heard it from, from Adam. Thank you for sharing that. So then, um, so you have that security of your, your relationship with, with the father, not just God, the authority or some, you know, police officer in the sky, but your loving father take us to the next, to the next post. It's interesting how that does change everything too. I would just add this. There was a moment where as, as, as the owner of kingdom operatives, the creator of the KO strategy, right. Helping people such as who I'm describing, there was a moment where I got hired for a big event and I came in and I could tell this person was sizing me up because I was young. Hmm. Dude, how old are you? And, <laughs> and you know, we just invested what into you and you're going to bring what solution to us. This is so key. Oh, I feel the Holy spirit all over this right now. Um, <laughs> It's about solutions, not qualifications. The kingdom of God is about solutions, not qualifications. He doesn't pick someone based off of their qualifications, their credentials, but instead gives solutions and says, go provide it, right? So in that moment, God, the father said to me, hey, he can only see you in the natural. He can only see you right now for your age. Yeah, like right now I'm only 32 years old. Okay, so back then I was like 30. And this other 30 year old is like, you're the guy who's coming in to help protectors, to help prior service, you know? Yeah. When it was over though, we had such a strong connection. It was unbelievable, like the results that came. But I had to really wear my Hebrews 1035 jacket that says, do not cast away your confidence for therein it lies your great reward, right? Mm. God doesn't say, don't be confident, mm. right? He basically says, don't be a jerk, you know? like Yeah, he says, be, be strong humble. and courageous a lot. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so I had to really know, who am I in the spirit? Who does, how does, how does the father see me? Who does he call me? And then just walk in that and not perform, just, just allow it to come out. So the, I would say the next fence post for me and uh, this one, I I hope I don't get too emotional for man, but I told you this a little bit. Um, I had a dream where I was really facing God, right? Like face to face in a moment with, and, and, yeah, like I want to debunk any weird thing that could come out here, like mysticism or something like guys, God gives you dreams and he wants to talk to you all the time and he built you for a reason. He's going to communicate all the time to you in different ways. Right. And for me, one way he got my attention was through a dream, through an encounter um, where I could ask God for anything in this dream. Right. And I'm a warrior. Like, that's who I am. So I want to ask for like a cool bow and arrow or a sword or something crazy. Right. But I felt in this moment that I was, I didn't know what to ask. And, and the, you know, continues on where I said, uh, I want a softer heart. Hmm. Hmm. And uh, I get this chest in this dream, right? I get this chest this treasure chest in a way. And I open it up and it's a softer heart. And now I believe that actually really happened because I am not the same person at all. Since then, I am gentle, <laughs> tender, compassionate, kind, all the things that the really the military never taught me and kind of maybe even put a wall up to say, don't, you don't need to show that too much. And it's made me such a better father and a husband. 
And my wife says all the time, Mike, like, she's like, you are not the same man. Like, I love you. I'm so proud of you. I love who you are with our girls. Like you talk about priceless. That is unbelievable, you know? And there's no way to explain this other than God. So that's why I tell this story unapologetically because I'm not saying, oh, I went and figured it out and I did all these things and it got this result and I became compassionate. No, God addressed my weakness. I was able to acknowledge my weakness, which was, I was kind of stern and, you know, a little bit too serious. And he gave that me- very well described oh. the first time I met you. That definitely describes <laughs> my remembrance of, of you before. <laughs> oh man, it's wild. Uh, so now I, yeah, it's just a whole new life, you know? So that, that's a very key fence post. And uh, what's interesting when you do this kind of stuff, and your priorities are right, then God gives you the next thing that you, he gave me, you know, like after that, I feel like I have the sword now. I feel like now when I speak, it's with precision and it's not, it's not all, um, all over the place with different types of uh, things I want to address, but instead it's a precise mm. targeted word coming from God, because he said, I'm going to give you the sword now, you know, and I'm going to yeah. make you precise in your communication. Cause that's who I am to him. I, I am someone who speaks and freedom comes. So if that's, if that's how he created me, well, guess what? I'm really bad at data, Excel sheets, cooking. I'm bad at pretty much everything other than this one area where he said, this is what I created you to do. So release, you know? Wow. All right. So I'm, I'm listening to this and I know I'm, I'm watching Chris over there too. Again, Chris as my co-host is always furiously taking notes and, uh, and taking <laughs> things thinking. in. Yeah, I'm thinking, thinking right. about stuff. Yeah, <laughs> you are, you are, man. And and sometimes I wonder if you're just going to explode over there. Any any uh, w- <laughs> any thoughts or questions from your? Well, end? I never want to interrupt the flow, you know. Yeah. So I, that's why I kind of sit here, just you know, <laughs> waiting for the opportunity. Um, Adam, I think the f- the first thing that I want to ask you, um, when you were going through your story, your fence post stories, um, so. I mean, you were effective at your job. I, you know, I, I'm not ex-military. I'm not a protector. Um, so I've had a very different work experience. But, you know, I think that in the working world, we either know if we're, we either feel called to what we're doing or we don't. Sometimes we're just there to, you know, earn money for the family or just, but you were, you were doing something that you were, you felt called to do. It was your dream. Yeah. And, and you were good at it. And so I think that's a struggle for a lot of men is, you know, you heard the call from God that you weren't going to, you weren't supposed to do this anymore. You're supposed to do something else because you weren't, you weren't serving your wife and your one daughter at the time. So I can see why you might've felt a little bit angry once you got out, because that's a tough call to, to heed. Can you tell us a little bit about how you, how you knew that that was a call from God and how you were able to follow through because, you know, you were doing what you wanted to do. And more than that, you were effective at it. Yeah. I mean, at 26 years old, I was chosen to be the commander of the maintenance company for all aircraft maintenance for our entire battalion. We're talking about 700 plus people and I'm the commander of that area. At 26, that's young already. And I was only a lieutenant and they promoted me to captain in order to get it. Hmm. So, and I don't say that with confidence at this point. I say that with, that should have gave me confidence. 
that that like that's a you said effective. That's an indicator that you're effective. And right. I would not say that I wasn't. I, I definitely was, but I wasn't secure in my identity. Mm-hmm. You know, and I felt like that's a bigger, that's more important to God than just you being effective. It's you knowing who you are. And out of who you are, then you'll operate and you'll do, right? This is where kingdom operatives come in. We operate out of who we are and, and unapologetically about it, because that's what he created you to do. So for me, when I had to acknowledge this, I didn't have any of the words for it. And actually, regardless of the rank, and I call this, this, this is another weapon of mass deception. It's called the trap of title. But when title starts to define you and you're, um, you wear it as a label and, you, and you're kind of like lost in the lifestyle, like you need Christianity and the kingdom of God is a lifestyle. It's not a label, mm-hmm. right? But I was wearing labels, yeah. captain, Blackhawk pilot. Uh, even to be honest, even father and husband, they were labels that I could use when I needed to. This, this makes me sound, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how it makes me sound, but what I will just say is I'm just being honest. Um, regardless of all that, I doubted myself every day. Mm-hmm. I constantly felt like I wasn't good enough that if people found out who I really was, they would remove the rank, the title, the position. Um, it was like fake it till you make it, but probably for my whole life. The, I will say that I'm confident now because I have command presence, but before I looked confident, but I wasn't. So when I got okay. out and I went through that spiral of, of, I'm talking about heavy pain. I mean, I was on the bathroom floor in tears one day, just being like, I have no idea who I am. Why am I so angry at everyone? Why do I, why do I feel like everything is so tense? Like, why do I feel like I'm holding up the weight of the world all of a sudden? even though I listened to God that happened because he took me through a wilderness season to make me lighter. Right. So that's how I process that. Okay. So it sounds like even though you were effective or you were seen as effective, and even though you were living out your childhood dream, what your wife said to you seems to have exposed a discomfort in you or, or um, you started to realize that you were supposed to be on a different path. Once you got on that path, it was tough for a while, but it, it sounds like even though by all appearances, you looked like you were very well suited to what you were doing inside, there was some discomfort that God and your wife exposed. Is that, is that accurate? That's absolutely accurate. And the one thing I would add to this is one day it all made sense. And that's what I would, I would encourage to anyone out there right now who either mm. feels like I felt or is going through that moment of transition, like a really heavy transition I'm talking about, where for me, I'm like, every time I would talk about the military to other people, mil- every time I would talk about the military to other people, prior service, things like that, things always came up such as like, what rank were you? What did you do? Did you deploy? Oh, you didn't deploy. Oh, wow. <laughs> were you active duty? Oh, I was Army National Guard, but I was on active duty for seven years out of my 10 years in. But see, that wasn't enough because it was right. comparison, comparison, comparison. And I don't yeah. think we mean to do it. We're not trying to be rude. It's just how we're programmed in that way. Um, and one day God said to me, I was heavy in a prayer. And he said, stop. I didn't need you to deploy. I didn't need you to be in longer than 10 years. Mm. I gave you everything you needed for who I called you to be. And that's it. And like, I'm telling you, that was the greatest, it still is today, one of the greatest moments of freedom in my life when I said, well, there's a bigger story than just the service. 
And now my weakness, in my weakness, he is made strong because my weakness gets you to talk about yours. If I can say, look, I was in for 10 years. I did really cool things. I got my childhood dream, but I never deployed. Oh, but I wasn't really active duty. I'm doing air quotes for anyone listening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really, I'm talking to you. I'm not talking to yeah. the expert Navy SEAL who did all the really cool stuff. Like we love yeah. you. That's amazing. And you motivated us. You inspired us. But there's a lot more people like me actually than, yeah. than you know, the, the special forces who have really maybe checked that block, the cool, yeah. the cool block or the, you know, it really mattered. What I did really mattered. And I don't know. Anyway, I'm going to stop. I relate so much to that. And I know other guys do. So I was in the air force, uh, national guard and for seven years. Yeah. Seven, no, six years, sorry, six years. And, um, we were activated after nine 11, our base was, but I was also at, in school at the time and, uh, and our national guard in the national guard, they, they value education and, and, and at our base, you know, there are plenty of volunteers to go overseas and, and, do the mission that they, that we were, our base was called to do. And for those of us who were still in school, myself, they said, Hey, look, uh, you can go, but if you want, you can stay work the night shift here, fill in the gaps here to support the guys who went over and, and go to school during the day. Mm -hmm. And so, and so that's what I did. And, and yeah, there, there's a part of me that feels like I missed, I missed out. I missed the, I missed the boat. And I hear about, even these these um, organizations, which are huge, that that help support those guys who are dealing with some of the stuff mentally and physically, having to recover from those boots on the ground experiences, and uh, and as there should be, there's great respect and love and support, or you know, want, wanting to be that support there for them because they're they're struggling greatly. Um, but yeah, it, it, you hear like the golf outing for there's a golf outing that happens, you know, and they say, hey. For boots on the ground guy, it's guys, it's free, yeah. <laughs> you know, and there's a certain twinge inside of me. That's like, uh, I'm, I'm a notch down from, from those guys. You, you feel insignificant. So anyway, I, I'm sure there are other guys out there that feel the same way. That's where the regret comes in. Right. Um, to where you didn't have it when you got out, you're probably excited when you got out, but then over time you realize well, that's the end of that part of the story. So yeah. Now I start to see the things I did do or didn't do. And this is where I say, this is why Kingdom Operatives was formed because your best days you think are behind you at some point. A lot of, a lot of us end up thinking that my best days are behind me. You wear a label such as prior service. We're talking about your past. That's why I call you a protector. You know, yeah. and this isn't about your past. This is, this is much bigger than that. Your past might help you a little bit, but let's keep moving forward. Let's be protectors. Let's serve the 99% in a new way. And probably even, yeah. to be honest, maybe even in a better way, because now God can really position you how he wants you if you listen. But what you mentioned, there's so many groups out there, and, I, and I'm, I'm glad they're there, but I don't think they're going to give everyone the full answer they need. Uh, Kingdom Operatives, mm -hmm. as an example, right? We put you through training, and we give you tactics, and we give you a strategy, and I believe that it will lead you to encounters with God that will give you the results you've been looking for, the healing you've been looking for. But you don't just get this from going to some crazy fitness, you know, 10-day workout as hard as you can, get treated <laughs> like a Navy SEAL, and now you check the block and you 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 qualify. Mm. Your approval comes from the Father, not man. Amen. Okay, talk a little bit about uh, Kingdom Operatives for us. And, uh, and, and this whole idea that, 
you know, when you talk about the protector and Chris, you, you just mentioned it, you're like, I'm not a protector. You actually are. And you may not know it um, as just as a man. Um, but, but yeah, I was going to say, could you, could you speak to that a little bit? Because you, you know, Adam, you, your heart is for the, the military service guy, the, the that fireman, the, the police officer, those who like went and actually professionally did it, but there's a piece of that in all of us as men, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, so for anyone listening, if you feel that you're someone who you want to, you, you, you see life in a way of like, I need to protect, I need to defend, I need to uh, be an example for my family, right? I want to be present as a father, as a husband, whatever that is, then absolutely you, you identify with this to that extent, right? Because the spirit of the protector God put inside of you, mm. you know, um, one guy who uh, is uh, mm. like a big brother to me, right? He said, I never got to join the military, but I wanted to, mm. you know, like I just basically, he started a process, but because of medical, that process ended. Mm. I was like, you're a hundred percent a protector, mm. you know? So the point is, if we can, if we can rally the troops, if we can create a culture of honor amongst men, and we can take prior service men as an example. And what I mean by that is it's not, it's not what you think, by the way. So listen carefully to any, any listener. I'm not talking about military. I'm talking about more than military. We're doing something really powerful here. God is leading the unification of the protectors coming together, whether this is military, law enforcement, firefighter, EMT, ministers, pastors, you name it. The protectors coming together to say, we have given our life to the service of others. And we are looking for the best ways we can do that again. We're looking for the best ways we can leverage the strengths that God gave us. Like, just think of selflessness. If you're that person, you identify with being selfless to an extent. We all got things we all work on, right? I'm not selfless when it comes to ice cream at all. <laughs> I love ice cream. Sure. <laughs> That's my life. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Right. Mm. So kingdom operatives, what we do is we specialize men with training and send them out into mission. And you and I talked about this, Mike, this is really key. And I'm going to call it KO by the way, from now on, because we just yep. love calling it KO like that. You know, we say uppercut unbelief, like let's deliver a KO. Let's bring a KO. <laughs> That's great. I love yeah, it. So, so at KO, we specialize and send into mission, but I want to, I want people to catch this. I think we're really complicating things by always saying, well, this is my mission and that's Mike's mission and that's Chris's mission and that's your mission. Well, that's your mission, not my mission. Maybe assignment. We could use that language for sure. I have an assignment from God. It's not the same as, as Mike's, right? But the mission should be the same. This is where we're competing too much. Mm. We should mm. be collaborating. We should be the most unified effort. The kingdom of God mm. and kingdom citizens should be so unified mm. because we're not looking at this as a competition. If someone else serves protectors, let's come together and serve more together. Like, why not? One mission, multiple assignments. And this is where the KO strategy comes in. Our three specializations. The one that I'm talking to you right now is the specialization of situational awareness. If we can, and by the way, we're using a, a label that maybe a lot of people will already know from their past as, you know, their protector background, right? Mm -hmm. military develop your essay your situational awareness that's said all the time yeah yep. but let's start with this one what is your ao what is your area of operations mm -hmm. see when you got out of whatever branch of service it is you start to see yourself as the outsider instead of given new territory because god is telling us to take dominion and dominion doesn't mean forcing people into our faith 
but instead creating freedom and, and, and removing the blinders from people, mm. right? Like yep. showing the love of God in our community. We are, my family is so intentional with this now. You know, we really look at this as our AO. This is my area of operations. God posted me here for a purpose. Mike has his AO. Ours are going to overlap for sure. And we're going to, we're going to synchronize our efforts in there. We're going to have a joint AO. So when we develop this mindset and we do this through training, whether it's through speaking, um, you know, working one-on-one with someone, or just, we have our own podcast, that type of stuff too, to help out. But when you start to see, I have an AO, God gave me a new assignment, a new territory. And I want to be intentional with that. In my home, it's not a home. It's going to sound corny, but this is what we really, this is how my family and I live now. It used to just be me. And then my family, you know, my wife's like, I'm cool with that. I think it's a good idea, but we have our headquarters. So my home is not just a home. It's a headquarters. It's where we run operations out of. Now I know I sound very intense. I am, (laughs) but I'm not as bad as I sound. Okay. No, but that's a way you, you described that that was a way of thinking about your home that changes your mindset. I love that. Yep. So, and then when you, when you give names to things, right, you start to take care of it differently. You process it different. See, the thing that a protector needs to make the transition of that I believe most haven't is you were used to being given a mission consistently, new mission, new mission, which means new motivation. And you're also used to being given a, um, uh, oh man, what's the, what's the next word for this? Oh, like uh, a territory an AO, like you were told that this is your AO. This is your orderly room. This is your barracks, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is, mm-hmm. this is your street. This is your city. If like law enforcement, you have this jurisdiction. Well, God's saying the same thing. It just can be even more fun because wherever you go, he's sending you. So we like mm-hmm. to send people out with that, with the, this full training of the specializations just to move and to demonstrate the kingdom of God in full power. I would think, Adam, that would be tough for a lot of guys, <clears throat> excuse me, because you are used to the structure. You are used to getting your assignment. You're used to getting your, you know, directives and specific tactics. And you've probably got some experience with that. Now you're on your own, right? I mean, you're not on your own, but it seems that way sometimes, you know, so you've got to figure a lot of this stuff out for yourself. And I, I would imagine that's pretty challenging for a lot of guys, especially ex-military. Big time. Yep, absolutely. And when we're talking about being led by the spirit, which is something I teach in situational awareness. So even people who are like, I don't really hear God. And I'm like, yes, you do. I promise you do. Let, let me help you find mm-hmm. it. Let me help you hear the, he sound. by the way, he sounds a lot like you. Okay. Right. <laughs> it's one of the challenges. He sounds so much like you, but when you start to feel the lead of the spirit and you take action and you're not positive it's, if it's him, but you're like, I'm just going to take action and see. And then he starts to show you the results that would come from something. You're like, oh my goodness, I did hear him. Wow. And now you have your new, um, your new orders coming in, you know, your new mission. So that's amazing. All right. So let's talk about the three specializations. Um, that are, that make up the KO strategy. Okay. Cause I think this language and man, I know guys, as they're listening to this, they're, they're like me, I've got chills. My heart's beating faster. The language that you're using Adam and, and let me affirm God's mission in, you know, to get specific with your language, it speaks to a man's heart in a profound way. Like I, I know guys are listening to this and they're like, Oh, that sounds such a great way of thinking about it. So, and, and they're going to get more here real quick. <laughs> it's just going to be awesome. 
these three specializations. Let's well, real quick, just to so guys know. First of all, number one is command presence. Number two is situational awareness, and number three is mission readiness. So let's run through those just one at a time, and I may or Chris may stop you along the way. But um, yeah, let's just kind of unwrap that a little bit. Yeah, man, thank you so much for the the affirmation. And um, yeah, I know it's I know it's on track because I can when you when you speak and you feel the power of God. Sometimes you're like, "This is Him, not me," you know. Yeah. And you have to get a lot of things in line aligned. So I'll start with that alignment. If you are not first aligned to who you are, then you will not operate out of what you're meant to do. This is command presence. So listen very closely. Command presence is not the same as executive presence. It's not the same as faking it till you make it. It's not dressing sharp or looking a certain way. It is, it is understanding that Jesus spoke with authority and that as he is, so are you now. That's what it says. As he is, so are you. So we should be speaking with authority. Okay. So as we speak with authority and this, this doesn't happen from faking it again, this happens from knowing who you are. So I'm going to get weird for a moment, but man, I hope God gives you the same answer. He gave me today for everyone listening. God told me who I am and I aligned to that. And I said, that's who I am. I got it. I know who I am. I'm the sound of freedom. Mm -hmm. And when I speak freedom comes and there's a lot of clues in there. Sound speak right now. I'm writing. And I believe freedom will come through the book as well. But yeah. speaking is, is really not even my thing. It's who I am. Mm. And mm. by the way, people will try to put you in boxes based on this stuff. Like I remember someone being like, well, I don't speak. I train. I, I train people. I don't speak. I'm like, man, I think a lot of stuff comes from speaking, to be honest. You know, like I don't think it all has to do with picking up a weight and curling, curling weights to be called training. I think we can train through speaking. And through reception of that. So command presence, becoming someone others want to follow. That's what I mean by that. If you know your I am, you can align to your I do. If I'm the sound of freedom, then I know I should be putting myself in positions aligned by the spirit of God to speak. And then I don't have to perform. I, I, it's just, I just know if this is who I am, results should come to people. And I'm really excited that that, that happens, but it has nothing to do with me, it has to do with him. So the way we develop command presence, is so, this is so exciting. Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of God. Most people put a period. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all things will be added onto you. That's the shift I made. See, this wasn't a strategy originally. These were things that God just led me to find. And now I feel like I need to give them to everyone else. But, but like, if you seek first the kingdom, his government, his will for the earth, and his righteousness, you will always belong because his righteousness is why you belong. And the kingdom is where you belong. Mm. Mm. That's man. Is that well said? <laughs> Chris, yeah. do you have a thought? No, no, I'm just okay. I'm enjoying right. it. That, that's excellent. <laughs> totally. So, but that's, no, that's, this is great. <laughs> this is great to, to like, righteousness is who you are and the kingdom is, is, is where you are. That that's, oh man. Yeah. And see how it doesn't have Beautiful. to do with you. It's his seek first, his kingdom, his righteousness, yeah. all things will be added onto you. And you'll be equipped and you'll be equipped for what you're supposed to do. Exactly. I mean, I just went all in with the kingdom, with scripture, with 
people helping me understand the kingdom of God and people helping me understand how to deepen my relationship with God. And I knew he would fix the family. And he did. I can't point to a lot of things I did to fix my relationship with my family. Hmm. He just changed my heart and made me aware of certain things. One thing he made me aware of was someone in my life who uh, I felt I never, I never got exactly what I needed from. Okay. And he made me, he made me aware that that person was made that way. You can't expect that person to change just for you. Then that person wouldn't be authentic to who they are. That's how that person communicates. That's how that person lives life. And I'm telling you that another acceptance right there. So that developed a power in my presence. So if you guys think of command presence, I want you to think power in presence, power in your presence. There should be power going with you. And the power comes from him and you're just letting it out. Like think about abiding in the vine, right? We're the branches. We show the fruit. We're the branches. So we're not doing anything. We're just abiding in the source. And then it shows fruit. And that's how he co-labors with us. So, okay, next one. Situational awareness. We talked about already a little bit, but that's your area of operations. I would just challenge you with this one as well. Um, and we have different elements within all these specializations, just so you know, I'm just giving you kind of like a piece mm-hmm. of each. But when we talk about situational awareness, I want you to think about more than what you can see right now, right? So being mm-hmm. positioned for purpose and having that perception, like there is way more going on than what we see in front of us. Mm-hmm. We can walk in the room and feel tension. That's real. There really is tension in that atmosphere, but God just sent you as a KO. Mm. So go release peace, right? So when we start to take authority, now that we have command presence and we know who we are and, and we operate out of that, now we can start to say, this land belongs to the Lord. Mm. Again, I want to address this to anyone. That doesn't mean now everyone is a Christian. It means now freedom is here. Now the blinders are being removed. Now, the, now God can be experienced uh, on a whole new level and people will be drawn to him. One thing I teach with situational awareness, and this is like having to do with just living your life and like just being on mission every day, you know, being a minister everywhere you go, right? Um, administrating the kingdom is understanding that when you have, uh, when, when you interact with someone, right, that you're bringing the kingdom in that moment. And if you're, if you're trying to share the gospel, you're sharing the good news of, of Jesus and what he's done for us, right? Understand you didn't start the conversation, so you don't need to end it perfectly. The conversation already started. God's been working on that person their whole life. The Holy Spirit is convicting the world of sin, one sin, right? The sin of rejecting him. So just constantly over and over drawing them in. And then we come in in that moment and just partner with God for maybe a minute, maybe 10 minutes. And if it's not perfect and it didn't end exactly how you wanted it to, right, with someone receiving uh, you know, the entrance into the kingdom through salvation, which, by the way, is, a, is the starting point. There's so much more after that. That's what we're all excited about as believers is, man, I'm saved. But now what, God, what, do you, what, what can we do together? Hmm. Well, when that happens now, I can walk away and say, thank you, Lord, for that opportunity. A KO can walk away and say, thank you so much that I had the opportunity to be used in that moment to be on mission. Lord, I just pray right now that you'll send the next person. Right. Amen. Amen. Because it's not about you. Go ahead, Chris. I like the framework of seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness and then getting equipped for both the first two things you mentioned, because command presence. So you're being equipped 
in alignment with who you are. God knows you better than you know yourself. So when you go to him and you're open, then he's going to give you what you need to be effective in, in who you are. And he's also going to give you what you need. He's going to equip you for your unique situation. I mean, I'm not in Pittsburgh. I'm in Northeast Ohio and sometimes in Florida. I have people around me that you two are never going to meet. So I have my unique situation. I need to be aware of the opportunities there. And then I need to rely on God to equip me for those unique opportunities. Mike and I have talked about this in the past that, you know, when I look at people in a church, for example, I mean, there are people there, they're going to be able to influence the lives of people that I really can't. I mean, I have, you know, they have things in common. They've got shared experiences that I just don't, but there's people there. There's people in this world that I can reach that they can't. So I have to recognize my unique opportunities and how I'm uniquely gifted for my situation. So I really like your framework. Yeah, I love that. Thank you. Thank you so much. And that's a great example. Um, when I when I think about how you said I'm not in Pittsburgh, that makes me think like a KO for a moment. And this is something I teach the guys, right? Because we have like we have uh, weekly trainings and you know, all the different opportunities. But one thing with this, I love that you're not in Pittsburgh. Because see, that means another kingdom citizen, in this case, I was going to say a kingdom man, but man or woman, right? Like this is amazing. A kingdom citizen is posted. I'm just so used to talking to the men. And I kind of want to quick throw up like a flag for a second and say, I focus on the men because I care about the family. I care so much about that wife receiving the love of the father through her own husband and connected to the source through her husband. I care so much about the, the, parent, the, the kids, sorry, the kids having a proper image of God reflected in the home so that they can become who they were created to be. And this is part of an understanding of what God created you to do. I'm supposed to help men so that we can help the family. So I just wanted to, to share that, but yeah, I love that you're not in Pittsburgh because that means there's someone else posted on the ground where you're, where you are. Right. He's got it. Yeah. You've got your own area of operation. Yeah, here. exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Mission readiness. Are we ready to move on to the third? Let's do it. Yeah. So to, to bring situational awareness together with a quick statement for everyone to remember, it's positioned for purpose. Hmm. One is power in your presence. The next is positioned for your purpose, Right. Now, when we talk about mission readiness, this is what people always want to jump into first. And I think this is the last. I look at this as a Venn diagram, by the way, where they all connect. If you only have command presence and situational awareness, you might be someone who's confident and can see accurately of what God wants to do, but you won't have influence to do it. You see what I'm saying? You need all three. I really believe this. If you had command presence and mission readiness, which means you, you have your I am, you know your true identity that's so rooted in, in, in you and you walk unapologetically in that, mm-hmm. right? And then you're trained with mission readiness. So you have influence, mm-hmm. but you don't have situational awareness. You're going to get a lot of people hurt in the process because you don't know what's going on around you. Mm-hmm. This is where we put, you know, you're taught like as an entrepreneur, just put the blinders on. Mm-hmm. You just put the blinders on, man. Just go. Well, that was my whole life, guys, as I put the blinders on and I didn't see anyone unless they were on my path. This is where my wife paid the biggest price, dude. Like, I, I hate this part about my story, but I'm glad that I can help someone else with it now because I put the blinders on. I did what they say to do. And you know what that meant? Ignore my wife, ignore my kids, only see things that are related to me and my path. And, and, a, and this was from a service perspective, not like it's all about me. It's all about a mission. 
you know, in the military mission first, right? Well, a huge part of the mission is your family. Hmm. It's not just the thing he's telling you to go do or the event he wants you to go speak at or whatever it is. So mission readiness, people like to, to, to do first. And I say it's last because why would you need influence if you don't know who you are and you can't see what God wants you to see? If you don't have a lens and you don't have your actual identity and it's really through him, right? You don't have that relationship with him. Well then Mm -hmm. sure. You might be really confident. You might be able to see, but you are ineffective, right? So mission readiness is making that person effective again in this new stage of their life. Hmm. You know, this is really training. This is coming together as community. It's building the camaraderie again. It's the team. It's focusing on, um, I'm sure you've heard like the, the four pillars of faith, family, fitness, and finance. It's that piece. It's, it's mm-hmm. let's build our influence in our fitness. So then we're seen as someone who's fit. And then other people go, how did you get there? Or what's going on in your life, right? And this is where people can start to see God through you in that area because now you have influence. So I think there's a lot of people out there um, who we might, we might talk a lot, but if we don't have the influence, people don't really want to be led by you. They don't want to be introduced to the kingdom and, you know, our God, right? Because, well, you don't seem that loving. You don't seem that effective. You don't seem that kind. Is, is this not the case? I mean, I've seen this a lot. Mm-hmm. Adam, Adam, you mentioned community, and I think community is such an important thing, um, especially in your context with people who are used to a very tight-knit community, very structured, and now you're, you're not a part of it anymore, whether you chose to be or, or for some other reason. Um, how are you building community as a part of your strategy for, for uh, people who are protectors? Yeah, it's it's very challenging to be honest because I find that um, men are not that consistent. They don't consistently show up. You know, uh, we build things through social media as well sometimes, and you might not see the men who are really excited about something just because we don't have availability in our schedule. So the first right. thing Chris comes down to one of our values at Ko, um, we say we bring the heat, and the A in heat is availability. Okay. Jesus was very available. Mm. He limited commitments right? He was available fully to God, fully to others around him, available to interruption. He created space. So you need to have availability in order to create community. I believe that fully. You can't just force it in. But when we create community, what we do is we have what's called the crucible. The crucible happens three times a year. It is a 10-day training series where we come together and we develop some command presence. That's the one we focus on. That's the specialization we focus on. I run it. It's an instructor-led um, uh, progression where people are watching videos, taking action, and actually uh, connecting with community through their own videos, through their own relationships in that uh, connection, that circle. So the crucible brings people into the Colosseum. And I'm trying not to throw too many words out because I don't want to create any confusion. But if you think about it this way, people go through basic training before they join a unit, right? Right. People, there's there's this process where we start to learn the values. We start to learn a culture. We we set some baselines. And then we say, now you're ready for a unit. And now it really begins. Well, same thing. The crucible is this entry into creating the culture that's needed, a kingdom culture, a culture of honor, a protocol of honor amongst men. And now we can come together every other week 
and actually join in community again through live trainings as well. So that's how we do that. Okay. All right. Very good. Yeah. One of the things you and I had talked about before, and, and I just, I, this was drilled, in, drilled into my mind, uh, especially with the air force, the air force, um, they're all about mission readiness anywhere on the globe. Like we have, because we fly, right. We need to be ready to be anywhere in the nick of time, like as soon as possible. And which means you got to have your bags packed. You got to have your go bag. You got to have your, um, things set up in such a way that you're just ready to pick up and go right now, you know? Um, and that, that's what I think about when you say this is so, so, okay. Are you, you know, you talked about physical fitness. So just to kind of, uh, riff off of that a little bit, you know, are, I've heard it said this way, are you in a place physically where you can be effective and contribute, um, and add value, uh, to another team, uh, who's trying to accomplish something like, like, let's say, a flood suddenly happens and are, are you in a place where you're physically unfit and you'd have a problem playing a role in helping to bring the sandbags, for example, or, or, uh, reaching out to, to save someone or pull, pull someone in, or, you know, that that's because then the physical fitness, for example, or in all the different things that we ready ourselves with aren't about us. It's about that mission we're being called to and where God is, is asking us to serve. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a couple examples of like some things we do develop to some things we do to develop mission readiness through our own structured programs, right? Is what you just described. It's developing habits of fitness, mm -hmm. right? It is really prioritizing family and yeah. looking at things from a way of like not just being behind the desk. So like right now I'm talking over a camera, but if we were working together. I would actually have you go take some outward action. Yeah. Right. So yep. I'm just going to give a couple quick examples. One is we had people circle their AO at night, right. To understand that the light is inside of them and that if they walk their area of operations, even if this is just their neighborhood, they do a prayer walk in a way, they start to see what God is seeing for their area of mm. operations. They can pray mm. specifically. Mm. All right. So that's, that's an example of actually, you might've watched a video where I said, today we're doing a night reconnaissance. I sound so intense. Uh, Dude, but... it's amazing. No, but this is the language that men need. Like it, 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 it raises the stakes yeah. and, and it, it, I think it's a good thing. I think it is amazing. It's funny. Some of the people, some of the guys we train up, they're like, I said, how would you describe me? They're like intense. And they're like, <laughs> but like a great leader, you know? And, uh, yeah. and I said, okay, well, I think that's what I'm supposed to bring to the table. I think yeah. I'm supposed to bring intensity because that's, yeah. how, I mean, drive and intensity, that's just part of who I am as well. So yeah. I don't know. Uh, I don't, uh, but it doesn't come. Way. Yeah. But it doesn't come from an insecure place. That's, that's a, that's the thing. Like as you're well, used to, yeah. it's a, it's a good reminder that there are battles going on all the time that we don't see yeah. in the spiritual realm. And I think we need to remind ourselves of that because yeah. it's easy. It's easy to just see what's happening through your eyes and, to completely miss the fact that there's a heck of a lot more going on than you can see. I mean, you can be aware of it. You can kind of sense it, but yeah, there there's battles raging all the time. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, like for us with that night recon, it was snowing for some people. It was raining for others. And like at the end, you're going to post your results. Like, Hey, I just completed my night reconnaissance. 
And by the way, these weren't all prior service military or first responders. These were protectors in the way of like ministers, right? And they're like, I completed my night recon. And um, man, what God showed me was so powerful, right? Like the, the light, you know what's so cool about the light? I used to think the light was like this chain reaction, like the light needed to start and it continues through that. God can plant a light anywhere. He can like a giant air darkness and be like, boom, dropping a light right in there. We're dropping a person, a kingdom citizen, and the light is shining, right? So that's one. Another is um, climbing mountains, all that stuff people like to do, you know, guys like to do. But for purpose, mm-hmm. we're not just going to climb a mountain to say we climbed one, but we're going so that, you know, we, we have that altitude, so, I mean, because there's examples in, in scripture where people went to the highest top of mountains and prayed, right? The high places. So we use a lot of stuff like that. Um, submerges, you know, going underwater and, and really just recommitting yourself to God. I want to call that a baptism, right? But honestly saying, I, I want to I be reminded that I'm a new man. So these are just some of the fun ways we develop that mission readiness. But a lot of mission readiness is not fun. It's like I work out every day. I, I do the thing I'm supposed to do every day. You know, I set my intention around my family each day. I, I'm a steward of, of my money, right? That type of stuff. Yeah. All right. So Adam, we're, we're drawing to the end of our time here and I'm kind of sad about it because this is very, very motivating. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to be close to you and uh, looking forward to continuing to walk in our relationship together. How can folks uh, follow you? How can they find you? Um, maybe online. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about how they can connect with you or kingdom operatives. Yeah, absolutely. So I try to make it simple for people. So if you want to look at, look up uh, anything for me on social, I connect through Instagram and Facebook. That's all lead with Adam. Hmm. And then if we're going to kingdom operatives, right. And you want specific, you want to uh, sign up for the crucible. You want to register for the crucible or you want to request me to come speak, train your organization. By the way, everyone has protectors. I'm not talking to a hundred percent collection of protectors. What about the 10% that are in your organization that feel under leveraged, underserved, underappreciated and have so much more to give. And all you need to do is activate them. Hmm. By the way, let me just say, those are the ones who are going through the, the, the cycles of depression, uh, hastened death, where they're trying to rush their death suicide, divorce, because they're not being leveraged in the way that they were equipped to be leveraged, right? So let's serve them. So that's that's um, lead with Adam and then lead with KO. Make it real simple. So leadwithko.com will take you to the Crucible registration site for the next one that's coming up. Um, and then reach out to me personally if you want to talk and we can set up a call and get to know each other and see if there's a way to help your organization. That's great. Adam, Let me uh, let me pray for you as we, uh, as we finish up here. Okay. Oh God, man, are you good? Lord, thank you, father, for the gift that you have given Adam of language and, uh, and just in speaking freedom, Lord, uh, it is, it resonates. I know it resonates with my heart. I know it resonates with Chris's heart. And I know so many other men, uh, resonate with his message and, um, and Lord, thank you, God, for that. Thank you for, um, your word and, uh, and its impact on our lives, whether it be that we're actually reading it or that it comes through, um, another believer, God, I'm just, I'm grateful for this time that we spent with Adam. I'm grateful for his ministry, for his family, for the ways God that you've humbled him 
and made him more dependent on you so that he could build a greater command presence in his identity in you, which is so secure. And I pray that to be true for the men who are listening. I pray, Father, that uh, that they would experience the same thing, God, whoever it is that's listening to this right now, Father. I pray that your spirit would uh, would speak to their hearts, fill them, strengthen them. Um, and so, Lord, we entrust all this to you, knowing that you are good and that you are faithful. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thank you so much, Mike and Chris, for having me. I'll just encourage anyone, if you feel like you've never deployed, whether what I said, you've never served in that capacity, or you're military and you never deployed, you have been deployed every day of your life. Mm. That's what I believe without any doubt in my mind. Your birth was a deployment here to earth. Amen. Adam, thank you for being with us on the podcast. Amen.